Welcome to Them's the Facts. Yeah. A um, show about fun facts and lying to your friends. I'm Chris. I'm Gabe. I'm John. That was the first time I've ever done this intro. Yeah. I think I nailed it. I think you did. Yeah, I that's think you my did. one and done. I can retire now. Retire my number. What has everybody been up to in the past couple of weeks? How, how's everybody doing? Uh, I brought a new dog home. New dog? You, Enzo. Yeah. Well, the Baker. Oh, yeah. His name is Lorenzo. It's and Lorenzo, it yes. seems to have stuck to be said in an Italian accent. Italian, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I River Dirty. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you have you watched Inglorious Bastards yet? Of course I have. Yeah. Just you're all at, right. You. You're no, the I'm the one that has don't it. insult me. <laughs> people people always do this. I can't tell if like there's an element of people being like ha- like assuming all Jewish people have seen Inglorious <laughs> Bastards. I I would actually go so far as to assume that most Jewish people have not gone out of their way to see it because they're like I don't. This is a little too Holocausty. Tarantino oh, okay. isn't that Jewish, is he? Like, I mean, I don't think no, but, you know. I don't really want to get into grading how Jewish people are on this podcast. No, no, okay. As, as, that feels well, like a different, think, no, separate podcast. Okay, let podcast. me put it this way. If, if zero <laughs> is not Jewish and one is right. Jewish, then I'm pretty sure Tarantino's at a zero, right? I, I also think that, I mean, that, I feel like the thing with Tarantino's movies in general is just that, like, you know, people's background aside, they're a certain type of thing that either you do or don't want to see. They're probably pretty polarizing. Okay. I don't, well, okay. here's something. Free fact that I'm not even going to test y'all on. Quentin was named for Quint Asper, Burt Reynolds' character in the CBS series Gunsmoke. Wait, he Quentin Tarantino is named after a, after a, TV a Burt character? Reynolds character. That like about like a prescient a Western TV character. Uh, well, what's the, things make a lot the of sense. The word you're looking for, for is uh, oh, there's a term for this. It's not preposition. No, no, no. no there's there's legitimately a term prescient. for this. Predisposition. To what it's called be. like name predetermined. Name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There there's a there's like a there's like a studied effect on this where it's like you know like whenever you're like oh it's funny that the dentist's last name is you know teeth, teeth or some bullshit <laughs> like it it just like psychologically biases you a little bit to like do that thing if you have a name like that. Mm. I was like, none of us really do. I guess my last name could be like a candle related thing, but yeah, that's not yeah. really. Do you, you want to dip some candles? Were you seriously offering to do candle making? Do you have stuff for that? I would do that. I mean, I have made candles before. Actually, I haven't. Man. I haven't dipped them, but I, I do. I have melted wax into mason jars and put a wick in it. Like, why would you dip a candle? You can just dip tobacco. I don't get it. <laughs> God, oh, Jesus. Yes, we know you're from the south. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we all we all went to high school. We yeah. saw those Gatorade bottles. I also no people used Coke bottles and then they tricked people into thinking it was still Coke. Oh, oh god, that's just bad. Okay, I will high say sucks. dipping is one of the most like regionalized things I feel because like I grew up in Jersey. No, I never saw it ever. I don't think I've ever seen somebody dip. In oh yeah, you've never seen response. bottle dip spit. I have here a couple of times. Thankfully, most of I don't actually know anybody who dips. I don't think. I want to just clarify just for the podcast. Side of the road. Chris was kidding. Chris doesn't probably hasn't ever dipped. No. Yeah, I figure you would be too disgusted. Haven't to you seen the people it. with the rings on their pockets? What do you mean? Uh, have you never seen someone walking around with like a ring in their back pocket? Like, yeah, it, it looks, looks like a giant a white one ring. That means they dip a lot because you always they always carry in their back pocket. Oh, the the little tins. Yeah. Yeah. I've never man that, snooze. That stuff Some sounds grizzly. That's one of those things where it's just, like, it's not even controversial how gross it is. Like, basically, everybody who doesn't do it is like, I hate this. No, like, no, no, you know, I don't want to insult people who have a dip habit. Like, you're not a bad person. It's just, it is gross. And that's why they call it chew and not swallow. Oh, God. There's a difference between chew and dip, actually. Really? Yeah, there is also chew. My grandfather did chew. He didn't do dip. See, I, what, what is the difference, then, exactly? You put, you don't put chew on your lip, usually. 
is my understanding. Uh, you actually, you actually like chew it. it. Yeah. You still spit it out like that, mm-hmm. but you don't just like leave it. Chew, chew is the baseball. The, the baseball. Yeah. Thing. That's what we're And not, I, I could be kind of wrong about this. Used to, yeah. used to use. I could be kind of wrong about this, but I know it, his was never called dip. It didn't come in cans. It oh, came okay. in bags. Like almost like yeah, Big League yeah, Chew yeah, comes yeah. in. It comes in bags with like strips that you tear up. Oh, God. Or like, or like a jerky bag. Big League Chew. like a jerky bag. Mm-hmm. Versus like the powder, like the pre-bagged ones that like exactly. people use for dip. Yeah, quite yeah, yeah. Man, that was the most I ever like more than I ever expected to talk about dip, dip in your life. Yeah, anywhere <laughs> or including especially like on a microphone. I I know nothing about dip until now. I guess if you went to the community pool in my neighborhood, then you were just surrounded by dip. It was... I, why do I feel like dipping next to a pool? Like there's something wrong about that. Because. There is. Yeah, I, I don't know what you mean. Is. Why? Like, <laughs> well, but I mean, like, what? What? Uh, so as long as you do like fourteen-year-olds doing dip Ugh. in the parking lot. <laughs> really? Ugh. Man, that is we, young to think of that. You know, you know, I've I've been thinking more and more that we've been headed toward the end lately, and now I think about my childhood, and I'm like, no, we've always been on this track. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if the when the end happens, it's like everything has headed towards it in a sense. This is true. Um, We're just getting closer and closer. I guess what you're saying is it's not like where, you Let know, it'll be out of nowhere with a meteor. It's accelerating. Oh, I see. I feel, I feel like the time frame is accelerating a little bit. Okay. Is, do you measure that by dip? Like, do you, like, the more people you see dipping, the closer you think you're out of the end times? Well, here's mm-hmm. a good question. Because you're about to start being a teacher. How yes, long do you give it? At an unnamed middle school, and we yes. can't use my last name anymore on this podcast. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, yeah. How I, I already beeped it every time anyway. Yeah. How long until you have to tell someone to stop dipping in class? You think? Well, after he has to do it with jewels, he's gonna. He, Dang, that's true. It's it sucks. You're gonna have to say that to somebody at some point. Well, like, you see, I think. Practice it in the fucking mirror, man. If the words you're about to say is they're too young, it's wrong. I don't think it's they're too what? young. I just think I'm in the wrong demographic Wait, what grade for either of those things. What? I just I just think I just think cigarettes will be more of a problem. What grade are you teaching? I mean I'm teaching seventh grade, but Ooh, that's getting close, but that could be too young for What kids. would be the worst thing you think you could have to stop a kid doing? Like drug wise. Is Oh drug wise, okay. Say, okay, this could get besides, a like, yeah. besides if you have a kid doing like something terrible terrible yeah. but like drug because for me the one i'd be the most disappointed in is if i had a kid in middle school and they were doing cigarillos i'd be like come on of all the things <laughs> you're just like you picked that you're, you're like you shouldn't be doing this at all at just, any age. i'm just it's too you know it is too close to starting my new job and to to someone potentially finding this footage for me to be comfortable answering that's this fair. question. But like, as, as that's where I'm at as someone who has no stake in this. I'd be like, oh, really? Boy. You picked that? I would, I would rather not answer this question. That's fair. Okay, I, uh, we're done. We'll be uh, t- taking my Fifth Amendment rights <laughs> at this juncture. Man, who did we say was first? I feel like that's a good time to go I think it's me. It is All right, hit me. Okay, so... Chris, you've watched the Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Absolutely. I've you watched all of it. it I binge-watched the whole a, thing in two weeks. A few Brooklyn Nine-Nines, one yes. might say. I've watched one or two, yes. Yes. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen it. But do you remember those couple like of it. episodes where they were talking about like forensic entomology? Like the one that's like Bugs or whatever? Yeah, Bugs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also in Bones. That was in Bones all the time. That was in There was a character Bugs. that just did that. Oh. You see, I have not binged a lot of Bones. It's all so. right. It's it's fine. Zoe Deschanel's sisters. Good. Yeah, it's... It's one of those like shows that got spurned on the same way I think NCIS did for a while by like there's one hot dude on the show, mm. and so like so, and, and a lot of just, I just want to clarify enjoy the, it. the the hot dude on NCIS being of course Mark Harmon correct? 
Okay, there's two. Oh, no. Him and the, what's his face? Dinoza wasn't hot. But he was the one that got all, yeah, but he was the one that got all the, like, press about it. He was, again, he's not our type. He's Mark Harmon is a He's the physical fox. face. Mark Harmon is a silver I'm saying there were fox. two. I'm saying there were two. I think there was one, but I, mean, I don't know I what I agree with Mark Harmon as much as I can physically. Yeah. Because he was on West Wing. I'm predisposed to like him because of that. Oh man, that explains a lot because I probably have the same deep-rooted psychological response to, uh, like I don't know, Bradley Whitford and Get Out or something. Is that his fucking name? Yeah, Bradley name Whitford. These made me realize something. So, so going away from late odds, okay, yeah, yeah. and getting back <laughs> to to <laughs> forensic entomology. Yes. Okay. Well, medical entomology is okay. a thing as well. Maggots are a medical device approved by the FDA, frequently used to treat. Necrosis in hospitals. Okay, so that's, they that's eat where it? we're going at. Okay, I got you. They eat it. They eat it. They eat nec- necrotizing flesh. Okay. Blood. So, yeah. There's Hospital, one... Hospitals have, like, medical maggots that are available at any given time. <laughs> medical so, maggots. Th- that is actually what they're called, though. Medical maggots. So I'm, I'm sure Slipknot fans are very excited <laughs> about this. All, like, nine dudes in Slipknot actually have been, uh, you know, unofficially awarded medical degrees now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, so the thing is, it's, like, it's the uh, psychosocial implications of psychology. Oh, that sounds like a community episode title. And uh, you know, occasionally, you know, you need to check if the maggots are alive. <laughs> so you gotta take the pulse of the maggots. <laughs> Wait, what's the what's the lifespan of a maggot? Like, do you actually? Think? And you know, you gotta like, make sure that the blood they're eating is like. <laughs> not infected you gotta make sure it's the perfect vermilion color you know? are we done <laughs> oh god <laughs> he, he got himself to do this he did it to himself this time I didn't say you like anything are we, are we done I just didn't know you had that much of a backlog in your head of their discovery cause I didn't like, there, was I'm this one, there was this one like four song sequence on it it was like the one that starts. It starts with Vermilion Part One, and then it's like pulls of the maggots, and then there's another one, and then it's Vermilion Part Two, which is like one of the like three acoustic songs that they did. Huh. That was a that was an interesting yeah. deep cut, and I Just, didn't know that was ever a, a a musical sort of binge that you had. Um, everybody listened to Slipknot at some point. That is true. Yeah. Um, so okay. So sorry, I'm trying to. I'm no, trying that's to write, fine. Write my initial thought on this is I do know we still use leeches medically because they actually do fix some certain things. Yeah. But not nearly as many things as we thought they did. You can't just bleed. I mean, something. obviously, but like, yeah. it is a thing that like, there are things like a that you select just, set of, you just prescribe this animal that normally is a very bad thing. And so it's kind of the same. De- so I don't have too hard a time believing that the maggots will eat the you know, bad flesh. flesh in the first place because it seems like they probably don't have very high flesh the standards. The maggots will eat the flesh. Yes. Uh, the, the part maggot flesh, band name. Maggot flesh? Maggot flesh. Probably already a band. Yeah, that's Almost just... certain. It's, I got it, it's, I got it. It's a it's band. In, it's, it's, in, it's in that, like, metal font style. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be one of those bands with the illegible logo it. and it looks like someone just cut, like, the branches in their yard. You see, I just Googled maggot flesh. No, maggot and Infested Flesh is a song name by a band called... Nope, there is a band called Maggot Flesh. I just found their Facebook. They have okay, 25 so likes. So you can't buy MaggotFlesh.com now, can yeah. you? Well, they only have well, you could. Facebook. They probably I could didn't. buy it, and then I could... When they make it big after they get more than 25 likes. You could... Oh, you could play a show with them, and then... Oh, maybe not. Well, 
Close enough. I just want to say the other uh, main article that came out when I searched Maggot Flesh Band was Corn Unleashed a new video featuring burned flesh maggots and eye gouging. Thank you, planetradio.co.uk. Wait, what's, what, what's the date on that? Uh, did, they, did they put the R backwards, Chris? Ooh, because it's a Unicode character because of the Russian letter. It's not in... Nope, it did not. Damn. Fake fans. Fake it's fans. from 2016. Okay, because I was uh, I was news. I was gonna think Alcorn is still around, but I'll give it three years ago that they could have. But they probably are still around anyway. I'm sure they tour. Yeah, they probably do tour. They probably make big money touring. Welcome, welcome to the new metal corner. Oh, oh boy. Oh, they. Oh this no, they, they just released new music. Uh, new, like two days ago. New music. Oh, new, yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's streaming on Spotify's New Music Friday playlist, "Cold" by Corn. Oh, it did show up in my release radar. <laughs> Or not really straight, or just showed up in my, like, things you could possibly listen to, because it's, like, tangentially related. Spotify is stupid bad at metal still. Have you ever heard that that clip just isolated from the song? Oh, yes, <laughs> and it's wonderful. It's really, it's something special. Because I think the thing that gets me about that, about that isolated clip is knowing that it's not like they took something away. Like, when they recorded it, that was there. He had to do that, like that. I think the only thing that brings this fact... Mostly into question for me, the big hinging point here is, like, would eating necrotic flesh stop more flesh from turning necrotic? Like, what causes that to happen such that can you cut it off at the source like that? You know what I mean? Like, does that work? It would help. There's a lot of things we treat like that now. Yeah? That's, like, what the idea is for a lot of the, like, AIDS and cancer treatments are just find something that naturally kills stuff like that and just 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 destroy it it from the source. Yeah. So, actually, I do have a, a bit of like, random knowledge here that is sort of relevant. Um, I know somebody who was bitten by a brown recluse at a fairly young age and was, for, I don't remember why, not able to go to the doctor. And basically, it did not spread to her entire leg. It spread it only to a distinct portion that she, like, somehow grossly dealt with herself. Um, And, like, you know, has, like, a scar from it. But what I'm saying is, once that part was removed, it did not continue to spread. And that is a necrotizing flesh thing. I mean, yeah, almost all those, like, bacteria that necrotize your flesh the only way to fix it at some point is just like amputate where it is yeah, yeah. also this I is mean, that's that's the treatment for necrotizing fasciitis basically yeah Ooh. amputation because my dad sent me this thing and he was like just so you have this in your mind or no it was my mom that sent it to me it was like something that was like dog licks woman's face has to get arms amputated oh, and they were like, they were like the dog had this germ which it got because it was in this lake in this area and yeah, also it's, she it's, had a compromised has, immune system I was like oh cool there's like a 10 step plan it has to more die. to do with being in lakes yeah. and this is why you shouldn't swim in lakes yeah that's really the lesson here I'm swimming not... in fresh water may be a bad idea if I go to yeah. lakes still fresh water specifically I haven't been to a lake since I was in high school if I went now I'd be the boat man be the boat man I'd just drive the boat you just Sail the you don't really I sail think, it. Well, so I well think you sail it if it has a sail. Pilot the boat. You would you would you pilot? Yeah, that's okay. that's actually. The I'd best be the term. boat pilot. Mm-hmm. Can you? So, can but you, you wouldn't be the boat? captain. So, it's very easy. I was to gonna say it's pretty. Have, have you never piloted a boat before, Gabe? No, but I figure if I is it it's one just of those like a water car. If I can it, drive a car, it, kind it, of things. with less rules. It it with less rules. Yeah, the rules are important. It's like driving in like an open lot, essentially. Yeah, it's like a giant parking lot. There yeah. are signs that you will have to follow. What do you mean? Well, no, there will be like buoys that say like no wake zone. And the other thing that you got to get used to is like if you're... Depend- you go into those dis- zones, they go into the no wake zone, and then you start talking about how Strom Thurmond was the best senator and stuff oh, like that. Jesus. Sorry. Well, <laughs> the, worst, the worst part about this is that the lake that is nearest to Augusta 
is named, depending on who you talk to, either Clark's Hill Lake, which is the original name, or Strom Thurmond Lake. I don't know why it's 2019 we still name things after that dude, but whatever. Yeah. I'm from South Carolina. That's a whole problem for me. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, it was named <laughs> from South Carolina. Yeah. Because oh, it's on the border of Augusta and South Carolina. It got formed when they uh, dammed the Savannah. So... There's a there's a ghost town underneath the lake actually. Under? Oh yeah, 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 because yeah, 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 they you know they flooded the area so oh. yeah people people were forced to move. Um, okay. Okay. Back before I forget. Okay. Let's get to. <laughs> there was another one. Is this a fact or not? Is this true? I know that's what I was trying to get back to, but you did it with <laughs> with a slip on title. I can't yeah. Um, I don't be the negative one. Come on. Oh my. Okay, I I'm not, I'm starting to move towards yes because I did sort of convince myself that it would stop the overall spread, but also because like I I've also realized that really what's the danger because it if they're if they start to eat healthy flesh the doctor can just pick them up and put them somewhere else. This is true. So and like, like the the other the problem with maggots is that they're you know what happens is they get laid inside of like rotten stuff and then they eat their way out. But if they're not like, once they hatch from their eggs. But if it's not coming from the eggs, it's not really going to be a problem. Yeah, and they're not going to be there for an extended period like, they're of time. they're just going to be placed in there. Lay eggs. In the I'm on yes. Because I, I knew about the leeches thing, and that kind of makes... I know about that to be true, so... I'll go with yes, but I want to know what it's called. Is it like... Like what the name of the medical sort of yeah, thing is? Yeah, is it something like... So I'm, I'm going to go with yes. Is it like... Uh... Magatosis, or so you're both correct. It is this is a true fact. Oh, no. I keep running through fun names I had, and you could tell me if I stop on the right one. Yeah, magatosis, mm-hmm. uh, magatology. Um, what's another good treatment name? Hashtag maggot problems. Yeah, maggot surgery, uh, maggot therapy. Maggot therapy is actually is that it? Maggot therapy. Oh, boy. Also known as maggot debridement, ther- debridement therapy, biotherapy, biosurgery, biodebridement, or and this is the coolest one, I think. Larval therapy. Ooh. <laughs> God. That one makes it sound like they're going to put me in my cocoon and then I come out better than I was. <laughs> that sounds too fetish-like for me. Oh, yeah. That one sounds that. like it could, in fact, be a Slipknot video. Maggot therapy. Good. Mm-hmm. All right, mine's like one sentence, and it's going to be sick. Okay. Because it really doesn't need much more explanation. Are you okay. ready for this? Okay. Y'all know about space, right? You only know about space. Broadly speaking. Do you know what space smells like? <laughs> Nothing. I fucking hate you. It wouldn't smell like anything. Well, here's my fact. Here's my fact. Space smells like seared steak. According to who? Astronauts? And NASA. Okay, okay, okay. Are they... They can't be talking about the vacuum of space, can they? Because, yeah, what would be the thing in space that would create space the smell? Space smells like seared steak. That Unless, is my fact. Explain what you mean. Wait, wait, wait. Chris, explain. That things in space have an odor of seared steak. So, like, if you were to pull just, like, an asteroid into your cargo bay... If you could smell inside space, it would smell like seared steak, because things in space smell like seared steak. That's okay, so saying. if... So, so you're, you're not is, saying that the ambient vacuum does, but you're saying if you find something... But it does, something, because it things will. in space smell like that. Okay. But if you if you got, like, a... So, like, moon rocks, they smell like seared steak? Theoretically, they should. Well, I because don't know about well, on the moon. Because they're I'm talking about things there's, that... There's no atmosphere. Like, space debris? Well, there's some atmosphere, you mean there's a little bit of an atmosphere on the moon, otherwise there wouldn't be gravity like the same way there is. But 
That's I'm t- no, that's, that's not, not right. other way around. Jupiter. Other way around. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. Just uh, Jupiter. You know, you know what I'm saying. Though? There is a little bit of an atmosphere on the. Moon. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, I'm saying I, any th- things that go in the vacuum, they get an aroma of seared steak. The is, because of that, the the vacuum most likely because I mean there's nobody that has gone in the vacuum and smelled it. The but it should smell like steak. Are grilling without us and we're not coming <laughs> and they think we're gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> that great barbecue in the sky. The aliens are getting their Maillard reaction And that's, on. that's yeah. this one's title. The great barbecue in the sky. Man. I want a new spirit in the sky. He gonna see me some steak when I die. I think... Anyway, that's what I had to tell you. Yes, it smells like seared steak. Why? Why does it smell like seared steak? Is the know. is the Maillard reaction happening? Is there like solar radiation like cooking things? Possibly. Like, I think. What the fuck, man. Oh god, I'm trying to conjure to my head the smell of seared steak to see if it's closer enough to something else to. Quick, we'll take an hour break. John will grow yeah, a steak. Yeah, hold on. Let me see what I got in here. Right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let me see. No, no, no. I used okay. I used any beef that I had earlier. I, I made the big la- CD last time. That we recorded, I actually did see in this fridge a a um bo- some sort of box steak, and I think we talked about it. Like you have a relative that likes to send you them. Yes. Um, but I guess it's since been eaten. Yeah, all the steaks have disappeared. Man, they have gone into my stomach. They're they're hypothetically, if we ever did a bonus episode, bring back some configuration of all the ridiculous ideas we've had. And I think just searing a steak also would definitely fit right in. Absolutely. Um, but I am trying to d- think about because I'm having the same problem as you. Where the fuck does this, could the smell come from? Where where could it be? Because it doesn't just things don't just start smelling like that. It might. It would kind of be good if they did. It it is a vacuum, so there are no gases. But except that there are gases that are just flying around. Mm-hmm. It's. There's, it's like there's much less than in the air on Earth, but there is the occasional... You don't have the protection of an atmosphere from the sun's heat and radiation. That is correct. So, like... Is everything just getting a little bit cooked? <laughs> space is just a little toasty. Space? But then space is also cold. But I don't know. I don't know. You know, I have a cold seen... seared state. Space, space is cold, though, because most of space is empty, and there's nothing for the heat to be in. Which is not true of, you know, objects, which are the things that can get hot. <laughs> I, like, I had no other way to say that, but do you know what I'm trying to say? I is the thing you're Another saying. classic game. <laughs> so what you're saying is that space itself isn't hot. Objects, objects that which are, are things right, that can get hot. <laughs> I Remember, all things have one size. <laughs> Why are none of us astrophysicists? <laughs> Man... Oh God! Um, I know. I know at least one. I could call two. Oh man! The thing is, like I've heard before. Also, I, I'll, I'll confess, I haven't heard this, but I've heard like things where it'll be like astronauts say that space is a little bit like this or whatever, where it's like never what you expect. So like this kind of isn't that out of left field. Well, like you've heard of the piss globes, right? No. How like John Glenn when he first went into space, he saw like a bunch of bright yellow globes floating from outside of his spaceship. And he's like, it was, this is beautiful. It was an almost religious experience. No, it was just his piss freezing when he dumped it. And (laughs) Oh, God, that would happen. And it would also form into perfect spheres because of the surface tension. So, space smells like seared steak. I think, 
I'm just too close to saying yes to not, right? Are you? I feel like that's in your face right now. I don't think I have been provided enough evidence to believe that space smells like super Okay, so I've got... I'm saying no. Okay, okay. so I've got a no and I a yes. I think it's a yes. This is true. Fuck! <laughs> and now I will read to you some about this. Jesus. Astronauts coming back from spacewalks have some surprising descriptions of what space smells like. Oh, uh, what, 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 what's the source on this? Uh, there's a bunch of articles. This one is from... Uh, like PRI, it's quoting an Atlantic article. There's a bunch. There's a few articles that are behind paywalls for me right now. Mm, okay. um, like Popular Science has one about it. Um, and it's paywall. The Canada Aviation whatever has a video about it. Uh, that kind of thing. Okay. And things in space do in fact smell like. Corn to the astronauts. So, the reason they say this is that they take that when they take their suits off. So obviously when they're in the vacuum they can't smell anything except their suits because they're inside of it. But when they go out in space and then they come back, they take the suits off. Their suits and stuff will smell like seared steak, raspberries, and rum. All those what? Kind of things. Yeah. Ra that's really. It'll weird. have sometimes a little bit that's of a raspberry really smell, sometimes strange. a little rum smell. Especially rum, like that's a thing that, like, would not really occur naturally in in really any capacity because it has to be distilled. That's kind of strange. So, let so, me see if I can get this Atlantic article. Oh, mm. this is not behind one. So, the explanation for the raspberry and the rum one is that there is a lot of ethyl formate out there, which is what gives raspberries flavor, oh. and it smells like rum naturally. Okay. So, that's what gives you that feeling. Okay. So, but yeah. the, the steak is just a mystery? Shit. Hmm. Well, you know how we can afford to get some seared, seared steak? <laughs> do them's the ass. We do them's the ass. I hear people and they're having lots of fun. Hi, I'm Brittany. Hi, I'm David. A time zones can go away. David, would you rather be covered in hair or be average at a very large number of things but not be able to truly master any of them? I would like to be average, because then then I know that I've outdone myself at life as I have already. I feel like I would like to be covered in hair. I feel like I would make a very good Bigfoot. Uh, so <laughs> just join us on oh. Time Zones Are Hard. Oh no, that's the end. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this one is, uh, it's a common misconception of a common misconception. Okay. So the common misconception uh, that you, everybody knows to be one is that uh, every person or the average person throughout their life eats eight spiders in their sleep. So it's pretty well known that that is a common misconception. But yeah. that fact is actually also a common misconception. It is true with an asterisk. The asterisk is that that is not true of modern humans. It is a it is pre it is from like early humans pre modern like housing and shelter where there weren't spiders able to just walk up to you effortlessly at all times. And it's like a, it's supposed to be like a statement of like, look how, you know, much better off we have for having modern living spaces. So what you're saying is we now have spider mouth privilege. Um. As compared to our predecessors. Non-spider mouth privilege? Um, I, I still like to it call it spider mouth privilege. I'll allow it. It is. You Previously we had spider mouth, you now see, we have privilege that we don't have spider you see, mouth. I just, mm. I just don't know that this isn't accurate anymore. 
Because we do have a friend who they they did nearly eat a spider recently. That was the first. That was what made me think to like research if it was actually <laughs> real too. I forget who it was, but I was just like, someone in our group chat mentioned like falling asleep, uh, waking in, up to a spider in their mouth, yeah, or in the middle of the night or something, feeling like they flicked something off their mouth, and then waking up in the morning and sure enough there was like a dead spider next to the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was thinking like, Nightmare is it possible fuel. like that maybe like, it's that. It's like spiders, number of spiders that attempt to enter your mouth. And I was like, there's no way anybody would know that. So then I looked it up and, and it turns out that this is actually the sort of configuration. But but that is, it is the case that it is no longer true with the modern housing. That is not a common occurrence that happened to our friend. Please don't worry, you're going to eat a spider. How many times have you woken up to something like that? Because that happened to me once. Uh, At, when I lived in the same apartment complex, they do actually. Oh. I woke up to a cockroach on me. Oh, and nice. I was like, this is a great time I'm having. I will I say, I discovered that my coffee maker was infested with cockroaches. I remember that. Wait, wait you or it? Do, I, do I also know someone else that had that This problem? probably happened to someone else. This is apparently a very common problem. Because you leave them that, wet? Well, because there's a lot of space inside where the reservoir is, and even if you don't leave it wet, there's probably some coffee grounds still down in there. Roaches like coffee grounds. It they depends like on, warm I guess it depends on the maker. Like, yeah. the, the type of coffee maker. Yeah, well, I mean, like, it's not going to be a problem in an espresso machine. Yeah. I don't have a coffee maker anymore, by I don't way. think it would be a problem in as, mine. As a result he saw me this. turn around. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, I do not have a coffee maker anymore. I have an espresso espresso machine, and I can make pour over, but Jesus. How do the not. grounds up in the reservoir? So, just from jerk getting jerked around and, like, opened and closed, sometimes they end up in So that's why I don't think mine could get infested, because mine has a separate tray that's underneath the everything else mm-hmm. for just the grounds, and the reservoir is behind it. So they're not see, connected. Well, you see, maybe it's not that it ended up in the reservoir. All I know is that the roaches were there. I and used, yeah. I definitely, I certainly had made a pot of coffee after the infestation had happened. <laughs> so... That's well, bad stuff. That, yeah, it was a, a, a bad scene. I don't know what the potential adverse health effects are, but I would imagine not many and you would have noticed by now. So. Yeah, you know, protein. <laughs> Cockroaches are good Probably protein. Probably most They actually are. So I mean, are grasshoppers. It's, it's like, we really should be eating more insect protein. I kind of... Like, would... it's, it's, it's a very close to the actual source, like the energy dilution... As compared to other forms of meat, if we yeah. just ground it up, people wouldn't find it as disgusting because they wouldn't have there to. There are people that kind of do that and they try to be sneaky about it. What do you mean? They do that, like literally what you said. They grind mm-hmm. up bugs oh. and they put in things as powder. But I mean, it's basically like, protein powder. There's right. actually brands of um, like workout powder you can buy that's mostly insects. But I mean, even uh, I've been reading some like near future sci-fi where that that is the common protein, like termite termite bits and like fried rice and it, stuff like if that. If we move like towards it, it would be much better. If we move towards it and. If we learned how to cook insects, that's the thing. We don't really know it well enough yet because nobody's well, tried. Some it people do. Some, some cultures do. do. Yeah, I, yeah. And there's, I think there's some baseball stadiums in the U.S. where you can't actually get like chocolate covered ants yeah. and stuff. Western culture just doesn't understand it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty normalized on like a few Eastern in in the countries. global South as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen like some videos of this. Of like, I saw some video once a long time ago of like mosquito burger, where you just. How do you get enough mosquitoes? Well, I'm not. I'm not. In, I don't. I don't know if I would eat a mosquito. Yeah, that sounds I'm like. I'm just gonna say yeah, that right now. Dumb. That sounds like a recipe for blood poisoning. Yeah, knew I, I could actually just make it much more efficient to ingest West Nile for myself. <laughs> yeah. Yikes! Um, I think I would eat a cricket. I would. I would probably at least consider it. I would. I would. Eat, oh, I would definitely eat ants. Do you think I that? Had ants. Did you think the cricket was good? It's fine. It doesn't really taste like, like anything like you would expect. If if. 
Yeah. If you properly see, I feel like if you got like a lot of lime, chili powder, salt on there. Yeah. yeah. How did you come up with that so quickly? Because I find that to that, be a that really... works on anything that's a protein. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay. So did early humans eat a bunch of fucking spiders all the time? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to figure out if you would have lived in area. Like, can you define early? Like pre. Industrial Revolution housing processes, or maybe okay. even actually, so like if people were living in like basically so that barns that are houses, early, early humans necessarily. Yeah, that's why I, I was trying to frame it because I actually think it would be. I think there would be like industrial. I think there'd be a bell curve to it. Like yeah. I feel like when you lived like outside, it'd actually be less likely almost. I don't know mm-hmm. why I think that, but that's what I think. And then when we were at the point where we lived in like wooden barns, basically, it'd be like way likely. And Those then it goes back. Probably down. all spider infested. I mean, this is basically the plot of Charlotte's Web, so I think that makes sense. This is not that they're in a barn and there's a fucking spider in it. It's really big. That's just the plot of barns. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Barns. The yes. plot of barns. I mean, I could believe it. I think. I think I'll go with it. Let's okay. take a chance. So that's both y'all then. Yeah. Okay. I made it up. Oh man! Every time. I'm always afraid when I make things up Ugh. that they're true without me realizing, and then I feel compelled to check. But there's. I, I, I feel like I, the, the problem I was having with this fact is it would be hard to verify the evidence. That is but kind of true. But it just seemed... Hmm. This is one of those things where it could be true even though I didn't... But there is no evidence to, up. to say that, there, that it yeah. is true. Also, I, I feel like it would probably bode poorly for our species because, like, surely one-eighth of spiders... Like, that's not good odds for not eating a spider that could kill you. Like, especially... I don't know... Would you... Would you die if you ate a brown recluse? It would freak it out. It would freak you? out and bite you on your inside. So it wouldn't really matter if if ingesting it. Would well, hurt let's you say or you not. just chew it. Real let's fast. say somehow it, you you killed it. Um, I have no idea because I don't know the mode of action of how it like fucks you up. Also, I don't know. You guys probably know this about me, but I like to. T- Sometimes I tell people this, and this is true. I'm terrified of brown recluses. Like I'm I'm actually very afraid of them. But people people nobody goes like. Oh, they're all like, that's a very reasonable thing to be afraid of. Which I guess, like, speaks positively of my fear response. But I'm just so, like, the, the notion of, like, a necrotic spider bite is beyond Terrifying me. It's just me. beyond the fucking pale. Like, it's, it's just that they're native here, so I think every brown spider is a brown recluse. The answer is, since they're venomous, not poisonous. Right. You would be safe to eat them, because venom means it has to be, like, in... Doesn't kind of have, it doesn't have an effect. In. So poison affects you through the digestive system. Venom affects you through, I guess, like your blood and nerves. So if you ingest uh, it, your stomach neutralizes it essentially because that's not how venom works. Wow. So we could actually just we could eat actually a brown make, recluse. Yeah. Okay. If it is actually a hundred percent safe, isn't that actually uh, a two birds one stone thing? Because you also reduce the population of something incredibly dangerous. True. We could. We could render brown recluses no longer a threat by eating all of them in burgers. That's you gotta wonder if they have an ecological niche that without the world's most venomous burger. <laughs> that, that's definitely a selling venom burger. burger. Venom burger. My new company. Look, let me pitch you my new company. Oh boy, here we go. Venom burger. We only make burgers out of things that are venomous, which means it's safe to eat. But it's gonna be some weird burgers. There will be a rattlesnake burger. I will make it by. Uh, Doing the normal way you prepare snake, uh-huh. and then recoiling it and 
then it'll look like a coiled snake as a burger. What is, quote, the normal way to pre- prepare snake because... I don't want to get too gruesome on the podcast, but like you skin oh, you, them you and just, such. Yeah, yeah you oh, you just go a long way. Yeah. Okay. Of course, you the, the problem with a bur- with a snake burger is, it's, is it wouldn't quite be a burger, though, would it? Like, I've seen a lot of cases where people use ground snake. They tend to integrate it with something more fatty. So, I the, just, so, so they tend to do like a meat one. So there's like a, a what sausage place That's true. in LA that does a rabbit rattlesnake sausage. Okay. Which, fuck, I want it. Kind of weird because snake Did is you? already just a sausage. I think we've talked about this we've before. Talked, actually, we this exactly because I went to a restaurant that had a snake hot dog, and I commented that they haven't, they didn't do. Anything. All they had to do was start cutting sections out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. We're gonna try. I actually think I missed one of these submitted facts, and it actually seems like it may be topical, and it is topical, which Let's is go for it. It's yeah. another food one. We can just save the one that was just submitted for... We can, no, we could do two. both, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. wait. We this one just said there's a play. Japanese chef that developed a line of sushi recipes that exclusively use insects instead of fish as the proteins. I believe this. Whoa, that was really topical. Yeah, I, I forgot about it until we started talking about um, this. I think this is true. Yeah, this is... Honestly... Like, I have a hard time not believing it, cause, Yeah, because yeah, even, like, we brought it up in discussing this, like, that there is an effort to begin to use insect-based proteins. Yeah. So, like... That's definitely a, a place where you might also be willing to be experimental. I believe this. I do wonder what insect is unami. Umami? Unagi, sorry. Unagi. Mm. I was oh. thinking of... Oh, so you're thinking like insects as substitutes for... Well, that's what it says he does. Oh, wait. So so rather than it just being insect sushi, he's trying to replicate actual like sushi fish flavors. He, I, that's my understanding. There's no okay. summary background. It just unagi. says he uses insects instead of fish unagi as the primary eel. That's the eel thing, right? Yeah, that's my favorite type of sushi. I wonder what I replaces the unagi. It just turned out that like me and Chris both really like eel sushi, which is like a really specific thing to like. Not really. Not really. It's, it's a popular sushi. It's the yeah, best sushi. it is, I guess. I'm a tuna boy. So we all said true on this? Yeah, I think so. This is true. Yeah. Man, see... There you go. We are. Someone's trying it. Someone's experimenting with integrating insect protein into existing dishes. <laughs> Here's uh, the, the one. The thing is, it's like not even that experimental anymore. Yeah. Because, well, not. I mean, not even anymore. Historically, people ate insects. That's just the right. Truth. I'm saying this guy integrating it into dishes people are already familiar with is kind of. Also, sushi is a fun food to just like see people try shit with. But usually, I'm just like, man, this is too much for me. This too much. Y'all, are, y'all ever bagel, uh, eat a bagel roll? Oh yes. yeah, I love a bagel roll. They're good, but I'm just like, who the fuck thought of this? This is just not even the same food anymore. The worst thing in the world are those people that try and make like pizza sushi. Or you sushi don't need pizza. to do that. You're... That's like, I always think of a line from a book that I read as a kid that compared mixing things that don't go together but are good separately to eating spaghetti with ice cream on top. And that's pretty bad sounding, right? Well, you see, here's the Is thing. it just the noodles? Because I could get behind that, I think. I don't if remember anymore. If it is anymore. just the noodles, if there's no marinara sauce involved... I think I could. if work. you don't... Well, no, even if you do something... The, my, my basis for this is when I was at the Ren Fair, they were serving sweet potato fries with salted caramel ice cream and caramel sauce. Okay, fries are always good with ice cream, that's, Ian. That's Wendy's true. proved this. This is true. What, because of the salt Frosty compensating fries. for... Yeah. 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 But now I'm trying to think. Ice cream noodles... It Put that work. in my belly, please. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm such an ice cream the, the fan. The Japanese kind of almost already do it with mochi. Mo- what is mochi but a kind of pasta? Dang, mochi is. 
has the strangest, like, I don't even want to say texture. Just like how it feels to chew. Yeah, consistency. Yeah. I have It feels like you're eating pasta, but it's it ice cream. A little bit. All right. Well, oh, yeah, we have, we have a second facts, one. Right? Yeah, but I think I think this one's going to get busted, probably. We'll see. We'll it, see. This is from Britty, comma, right. the boss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jaws' iconic use of first person and lack of reveal of the shark itself is due to the fact that the animatronic shark kept malfunctioning. There were several. I'm recusing anima- myself from this one. Y'all can go for okay. it. Okay. There are several animatronic sharks that were created for his feature, and they broke often and looked terrible. I am inclined, actually, not to believe this because it seems more like it would be a deliberate filmographic, if that's a word, technique to make it scarier. Exactly like this. The word you're looking for is filmic, but yes. Thank you. I didn't know. That's not only did I not know that. It's a shorter word, so it's easier yep. to say. Uh, so you've refused yourself. I've refused. So myself. you do know the answer. Okay. I do know the answer. I'm refusing myself. Um, I actually haven't seen Jaws. Is that ne- weird? I, neither have I. I've seen sequences from Jaws. Yeah. Like I've studied them, but I do know the answer. My yeah. thought on this is, if, I don't know much about direct. I'm not good at directors outside of a few. It's Spielberg. This feels like a Spielberg thing, honestly. To be like. He feels like the kind of person that can just fix something like this by how he films a movie. I think there's some Ooh. people that can't inherently do that, but I feel like Spielberg is one of the people that can. Did you just put a water glass in your pocket? Uh, uh, not quite. <laughs> I just let go of it. Okay. Anyway. What, what year did Jaws come out? This is important in terms of the technological 70s. capabilities. Yeah, sometime in the 70s. Okay, so that's kind of what I thought. So, like, in the 70s, probably you could still do a decent job with animatronics. I feel like animatronics had to suck in the 70s, though. Like, Which would mean they would malfunction a lot, wouldn't it? Let's be clear that Especially like you a whole shark. the the golden standard of animatronics in the early days was like it's a small world, which is bad for many reasons. But I don't. My think dad saw that when it was at the World's Fair in New York, which is I well, don't, isn't also so cool. uh, the animatronics in the Carousel of Progress were actually pretty big. When they first had it. It's a pretty good ride, honestly. It ride is, is show? Uh, it's experience. Let's let's get let's get an external opinion on this from someone who has been to Disney a lot. Have you? She has. What was the what are we Big, asking? Big carousel of progress. Would you call it a show, a ride, or an experience? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how far this mic picks up sound. She said just yes. Wow, that is unhelpful. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's a show. But so you said seats like for it. It's like a theater. Up in there? You do, no, no, so it's like a ro- rotating. I think that makes it a dark ride. Yeah. I think it's a dark ride. I guess. Yeah. Ooh. Have you never Very done it before? you never done it before? I've never been to So I can't remember. I think it's, yeah, it's the audience that rotates. So yeah, it's the like, audience rotates. So it's like several stages with animatronic actors, and the audience rotates through different decades. So like the, oh. think about it is literally like imagine a carousel if the middle part was like a stage and, and it has you sections around it and you go around at the seats speed. yeah yeah it's kind of cool. cool I mean it like it goes it stops I think you very, see like a piece right. of the plane it's like, it's like a guided tour of sorts very yeah. technically it's a dark ride okay I'll give you that yeah. anyway I'm gonna say true because this just feels like some Spielberg would do to me I think y'all have convinced me onto true as well and John is I guess self recused so we're good I can go and tell you well. Just first confirm. Scrolling down. It says true. Yeah, this is true. And but what's interesting about this is it was it was the uh, the way he was obscured, the way the shark was obscured was because the animatronics were all failing. But then you think about later on, Spielberg makes Jurassic Park, 
and the reason Jurassic Park was so effective was because the T-Rex was obscured so often to really like emphasize how huge it was in comparison to the to rest. everything else. That's why yeah. the CGI holds up decently in most of Jurassic Park because it's so dark that you and can't because, see how bad it is. And because a lot of it isn't super CG, CGI. Yeah. It's mostly CGI that's augmenting animatronics or costuming. Like, if you look at those raptor costumes, they're yeah. wild. They're buck wild. But that's why, but like, the, the, of... the first part of that movie is pretty dated. When, yeah. you, when you see, like, the... The like the I, I the think, famous scene where it plays the music and you well, see them walking around. I think they called it a brontosaurus, but it's not. But yeah. anyway, like that part that is kind of dated. That, that absolutely is dated. It looks great for the era. Oh, but, for sure. But it's no, it's interesting because he developed because it's like you know that Jaws, his experiences filming Jaws, absolutely influenced the approach yeah. that he took later to filming animatronics. All right, well, we are a part of the Pocket Podcast Network. Yeah, you can go on there, pocketpodcastnetwork.com bunch of shows on there i think like we i feel like we kind of just throw out names at random in a plug but um i feel like simultaneous catch has to be starting back up pretty i soon was about to say because well, they, they may i don't know if they did actually i should check they might have i don't know if they did an episode about the uh, the preseason the, the hall of fame game. stuff yeah well the but, hall of fame game is before preseason yeah. but, but yeah. i feel oh, like okay. that's the that's the special shout out for this week since they're probably gearing up to get going again um our theme song is uh never far by james hunter usa intro and outro are both different parts of it um, James is a good dude, band's a bunch of good people, uh, and then there's the third thing. We could always use more facts submitted. You can do it at our website, www.abolishunits.com. It's the future. Redirects um, to it, that goes to That goes to our website. It goes to our, our <laughs> show site on pocketpodcastnetwork.com. Yeah, which has a submission form. Just to send us good stuff. Yeah. Pretty yes. quick and easy Google form, and then we'll, you just, like we just heard, you'll, uh, you'll get on there. Exactly. So, I guess that's it. Until next time. Hold on. What? Hold on. What? I had something. Did you prepare something? something? I was going to tell you to do it to compliment the fact that it was the first time that you had done the intro, but I think he has something special. Okay. He is typing. I had something. John is typing on his computer. He has a sly smile on his face (laughs) as he loads up something unknown to me. He's really got something. I don't feel... I have this feeling I get in my head sometimes where I know it's not going to be as good as it seems like it's going to be. Oh, it's certainly But not. what makes it so good is that it, to him it was and to start. <laughs> so. <clears throat> so, what you can do is you can wait and bleed for our next episode. Until then, <laughs> don't <laughs> believe everything you hear. opening this Slipknot discography? Oh my god, yes. Wait and bleed. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you hear.